0: Well then, did you miss us? Two weeks, no podcast, but we are back, ladies and gents. How exciting. The Bunker Podcast, in association with Callaway Golf, is back, and we have missed you. Even if you've not missed us, we've missed you. Michael McEwen here. Thank you very much for tuning in. Yet yeah, apologies. We had to miss a couple of weeks, somewhat unexpectedly. Well, in fairness, I say unexpectedly. We could probably have seen it coming had we looked for it. But well, we Basically. didn't plan very well We, we didn't <laughs> That is us <laughs> We had the 200th issue Went to print That took what one week completely We'll talk about that in a second Then Bryce decided to take a week's holiday I mean, what's that about? So that took up last week I could have done a podcast without him But I know how much you love As someone at Bunkered Live recently put it The miserable one So I didn't want to deprive you So here we are Back in the hot seats. Good to go Bunkered editor Bryce Ritchie, good morning.
1: Good morning. I want to hear a podcast without me that's
0: just you, <laughs> just You're talking imagine. to yourself. Well, actually, just randomly actually, talking crap. I did that at Augusta last year, remember? The first of the Masters commutes. Just by yourself? Just me talking Hello. about what it was like. <laughs> and it was so weird. It was in a room about this size, albeit it was better because it was in Augusta. You had nice pictures on the wall. Yeah. It wasn't soundproofed like this, obviously. yeah, You weren't staring at Robin Galloway through the window. Uh-huh. But it was just me talking to myself And I thought if someone was to walk in now They'd yeah, think he's got he's, mental problems Yeah, it's a wee bit weird But yeah, yeah I, I don't think the listeners would enjoy it so much A full hour of just me Yeah. So no, I had good to. to see
1: you. I had to take a holiday uh, Working with you it takes its toll <laughs> To be quite honest I needed, the, I needed the time off And I was quite productive on the first day That was a Monday I got up reasonably early I cleaned the house And I made three meals Prepped for the week all that stuff. I went to the gym and then I got on the Tuesday and I thought I'll do the same. And then I realised I can't be bothered. <laughs> so <laughs> I, was sat, Tuesday? I sat on the couch and I watched a lot of golf. I watched a lot of TV, played a lot of guitar, unplugged and just vegetated, drank a lot of coffee. And that was
0: it. You feel better for it? No, really. You feel refreshed?
1: Yes, actually, that'd be a lie. I do.
0: You feel refreshed.
1: I'm ready to smash the week,
0: Michael. Excellent, because what a week we have got in store That's not true, last week was busier, it was the players This week, <laughs> not so much But it's always busy Well,
1: how is it that every time we sat down How many times we sat down to do a podcast and said There's bugger all to talk about
0: I don't think that's happened once Yeah, there's this week, rather a lot going on mm-hmm, Rather a lot We'll get to all of that other stuff in a second But allow us, if you would, to be self-indulgent For two or three minutes Another two or three minutes <laughs> As I mentioned, the 200th issue of Bunkered is on sale now. It hit newsstands and doormats of subscribers on Friday last week, and it's a rather special edition, Bryce, for a number of reasons. Well, it's the 200th, which is the biggest reason. No, reason number one.
1: Reason number one. I was standing in Morrison's the other day, and uh, my wee boy was looking at the toys or something. In Morrison's, there was some sort of section he wants to go to. I don't know what it is. And uh, I looked over at the magazines, and there I could see Bunkered, and I thought, I would buy that. That looks like a Kraken magazine. Looks great. No, the, it does. the evolution of the mag is, is superb. It reminded me of my very early days. I know we're getting a bit self-indulgent, indulgent, but if you've followed Bunker for a long time, just indulge us for the next two, three minutes. You can skip fast forward in the podcast exactly. if you want. That's
0: what the 15 seconds are forward. for. Do that
1: forward. right now if you want to do that, but.
0: We'd rather you didn't.
1: We'd rather you didn't. And I remember I remember the very first issue I worked on, which was issue 30. Jeez, oh. And I did quite a... It was a really in-depth... Well, it was one of the most important articles in the mag. I did it in a, as a freelancer. It was on Clubhouse Renovation. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and I interviewed someone at Duff House Royal. They'd, they'd done... A bit of work in their clubhouse, and it's a fascinating interview. Yeah, back then, but back then, I hadn't a clue what I was doing. I mean, he mm-hmm. ri- really didn't. He was soaking wet out of uni. Well, I was at the pub.
0: That's why you were soaking That's wet. why I was
1: soaking wet. And I begged the, the then owner of Bunkered, Paul Grant, I begged him for a job, or rather, my dad made me beg him for a job, <laughs> and he gave me a job. I think it was November the 5th, I think I started 2001. Issue 30, I believe. Issue 32 was the first, I think, when I was a member of staff and I was the first journalist, first full-time journalist they ever employed. Jeez. And
0: to be honest, from then onwards, it How's went downhill that? massively after that. <laughs> <laughs> what was your first issue? Issue 51. Issue we 51. had Ernie Els on the cover along right. with four typos, I noticed recently. There's a good old mm. double space. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> the yeah. words versus just appears V apostrophe, S That's new. Yeah. And, and I think they also had Henrik Larson in that mag as well, the, the Celtic the king. machine and let's move on.
1: The King, yes. Uh, I set that interview up, I would have to say. Small shout out to Kim, Henrik's brother, who worked for Calloway at no the time. Way. And I organised that interview with the King. And unfortunately I didn't get to do the interview. Oh well. But that's another story.
0: Um, are you over it
1: uh, not quite no eh <laughs> uh, so yeah eh uh, that is the bud that when you look at a cover that's the one thing that just gives you the fear that there's a typo there's something wrong in the cover mm-hmm. that's uh, those who work in magazines know that that's you might get away with a wee typo inside but on the cover it's not a good idea
0: mistakes happen but mistakes they shouldn't happen, happen on the thing you shouldn't look at
1: yes they shouldn't happen on a cover but what uh, a great,
0: great 200 issue we have, Scotty Scheffler on the cover back to world number one timed it nicely so he had the the players win which we'll get to and his bunkered cover debut all in the one week so a big week last week for scotty and masters preview 32 pages scotty's obviously part of that so 32 pages of everything you need to know about augusta and something a little bit unusual for us bryce a top 50 ranking of courses under the price of 50 you've explained this to me now a couple of times but in short why have we done this Because people are skint,
1: let's be honest. I
0: mean, I'm not
1: adverse to other magazines doing their top 100 golf courses or top 100 golf resorts, whatever, which other mags do, that's fine. But we wanted to do something that was uh, a bit more aspirational for the ordinary golfer in the current climate. And if you've not got a lot of money, but you still want to play really good golf courses, where do you go? Cost uh, of living
0: such a... Everyone's talking about it, aren't they? The yeah. cost of living crisis. And it's a
1: huge talking point in golf right now when it comes to trophy courses because they are very expensive. They've all put their prices up. And that, to be honest, doesn't bother me because we've talked about this before, mm. being it's a, a one-off day out. But with the, the the top 50 listing and our issue is that that's the courses that people will probably play more often than not. So they need to be a bit more of a acceptable green fee or in the region of an acceptable green fee. So... But when you have that money in your hand, you want to go somewhere that somebody says, is actually, this is pretty good, it's worth it, it's good value. Some of the courses are more expensive. Some of them will be £75 for a round, but if you dig deep into their um, C's and C's and their pricing structure, you will be able to play that at some point this year for £50 or under. So it's pretty cool. And uh, this is... um, Something that we want to take forward, we want to do more listings, of course, because we know that's what people like. Mm-hmm. So if you've got an idea for a listing, shoot me a DM.
0: You heard the man. And there is a number one, by the way. There is a, it's a top 50, culminates in a first choice. I'm not going to spoil it. You can read about it yourself in the magazine. Available now from all good news agents across the UK Better yet, just get a subscription, go to bunkered.co.uk forward slash suboffer, and we'll even chuck in some free balls. How does that sound? So, 200 issue is out there, Bryce. Exciting times, great job by you and the rest of the guys, I have to say, on on getting that across the line. Now on to the next 200. (laughs) Yes. uh, That appears to be the case. So, we'll get back to work shortly. Let's talk about the Players' Championship. We'll do this pod. I'm going to Be upfront with you straight off the bat, we're very honest, Bryce and I, we're recording this today in two halves, this podcast, it'll sound to you like we've done it all in one big take, because that's the wonder of editing, but it's currently 10.39am, Tuesday 14th of March, there is a big, big, big announcement coming shortly after lunch from the RNA and USGA, we think we know what it is, but we'll talk about that in part two, because we're going to come back later and record that bit. Let's deal with part one. First of all, the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. Scotty Scheffler cantering to glory. Very impressive week's work by Scotty Scheffler. Back to world number one. Four and a half million dollars richer. Brandel Shambly, who I like, got on very well. But Brandel, if you're listening, Scotty made more from that one event than you made in your entire PGA Tour history. Brando was a good player. He was a PGA Tour winner. Played a number of events, successful. That just shows how much money was up for grabs last week and how times have changed. Bryce, we'll talk about the, the nuances, the nuts and bolts in a second, but Scotty specifically, how impressed were you by his display at Sawgrass last week? Tiger-esque. Oh, no, you have
1: not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know how v- I feel very, about that. I know, very, very, very impressive. To be honest, it was, Sunday was a canter. And it's not very often that that happens, but um, it appears to be the case that when he's at his best, no one can compete. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. I'm just going to keep doing that to piss you off. Um, what do you say? Sunday was effectively, I wouldn't say a waste of time, but it was. it was a, a procession. It was a procession. It was easy. He's far too good for the field. And unfortunately, they probably wanted somebody to come out the pack who was a bit of a, like a Griffin, a, you know, a, a lesser known name because what Scotty's win did was showcase that there isn't enough strength and depth for that field to maintain its fifth major status. It just isn't. It wasn't that great. I know Rory played quite poorly Speith and, and Thomas, particularly Speith flirted with a bit of a leaderboard shift, but John, John Rampoes. Yep. Yeah. It really it, when that all happened, there wasn't much kicking about to make a big change. With the greatest of respect to Hatton and so on, these guys are these are big name players. But until they step onto that big stage and win a major, they will always be where they are at the moment. There's that big shift that you have to make. And to make that big shift in the game from a global perspective, you need to win a major or you need to win the players. And I think what Scotty's win did was just showcase that it's... live has hurt that tour and it's like that was staring us in the face during that week, especially on the Sunday.
0: Especially on the Sunday. You're absolutely right. Couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that for me... it. It just demonstrated something that I've been saying now for a while, which is that by banning live players, and I get the reasons why, even if I don't necessarily agree with all of the reasons, but by banning them, the PGA Tour has weakened its flagship event. Yeah, We've said it before, and people have told us the players was closing the gap on the US PGA in terms of significance, importance, prestige, all of those metrics. That gap is now widened yeah, back out to what it was again.
1: I think the biggest thing that the like if you remember the players last year, the biggest thing from that was the excitement. Mm-hmm. There was excitement across the whole week. Is that Robin Galloway sticking? He said in it there. Is, yeah. he's, he's funny enough. He's in a bad mood, <laughs> isn't he? Great. Yeah. The, the the excitement just wasn't there. Yeah. It just wasn't there, and there's nothing else you can you can't fake excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would have been great if if your man Ricky Fowler had to put up a bigger show, but there just wasn't enough volume, there wasn't enough star power in the field to get me that excited. Yeah. And that is a huge problem for the PGA Tour. And they've created another big problem with their recent changes, which we'll get on to, but it just didn't have
0: that. Yeah. Know. It's the first time that I've properly missed Bryson, Brooks, Cam Smith. Even to a lesser extent, Phil Mickelson. I've missed those players last week. DJ Phil. DJ especially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's all it takes. We now see it that for all the talk of elevated events and getting all the players playing together, all it takes is a perfect storm of illness and bad form, and then you're relying on one guy separating himself from the pack. They've got a smaller pool of talent, big name talent, than they've ever had. And it's cheapened and weakened. Their and that's because of it.
1: And I hate this won't come across well at all, but Shefflers get less to beat. This that's a fact. You know, Rory was extremely poor. That's Rory's a really good opportunity for Rory to go and grab a players Because there's less players to beat. The quality of field is not as good as it was. So yeah, I wouldn't be I get the whole we'll have to accept that this is the new norm. For how long we don't know. Um but I wouldn't say it was a disaster. But it's not. It's not where they wanted the players to no. be five years ago. The players, as you said a minute ago, the players was really ramping up. It was a really great event, and it was beginning to whether it was level with the PGA, not in history, but when it comes to excitement and people talking about it, it was close.
0: Yeah, it was closing the gap yeah. year on year. It's not, now now. it's not And they got rid of Goldman. Jeez, what the hell? The absolute PR disaster. Completely. Rory, you mentioned him. His first miss cut since August. Strange week for Rory. As I said, we're going to get to the, the changes on the PGA Tour and his role in that in a second, but let's talk about Rory's golf. Not great. Poor off the tee. Made some very... Iffy. i going to choose my words advisedly and I'll go for something like that. Iffy comments about his driver. Which, by the way, Scotty Scheffler used the same model and won Rory not getting on with his big stick. Kind of Bryson-esque in his rant about how that equipment's performing for him. But just looks to me a little bit, I don't know, is he cracking under the pressure, the weight of expectation? He knows what's coming up in a few weeks.
1: Maybe. It's funny what we said a few weeks ago, you know, that the when he won, you were all talking about Rory for the Masters. Mm-hmm. Things can change very, so very quickly. Quick. And yeah. they have. I was stunned by his comments. I thought he was... Actually, I thought he was out of order mm-hmm. when he was talking about his TaylorMade Stealth 2 driver, that he doesn't, it, he's not working with him. But it's not really a surprise. I spoke to TaylorMade earlier this year and they said that they were, it was a in progress work getting them to work into the driver. These things are not straightforward. Not every tour player just goes straight into a new model. It takes a long time. Some guys are pretty happy with it. What I find strange with Rory is that he was so vocal Mm -hmm. about not liking it. And I think he wasn't quite on the level of Bryson. I thought Bryson was downright disrespectful for Cobra. And quite rightly it cost him basically his endorsement Mm -hmm. down the line. I think if I'd been the Cobra boss I'd have kicked him out in the Monday morning after the open. I thought his comments were just shocking. You can't
0: say that your driver sucks when you're getting paid an awful lot of money no, to play it.
1: That, that's disgraceful. There's a lot of guys that go <laughs> work very hard in add and D to make mm-hmm. that work and have their big star player say it was useless. It's pretty shocking. Rory's
0: um, language was different, but the same difference the but same.
1: Yeah, he's basically he was he was basically disgusted by it, effectively. And I don't think that looks great on Rory. I think people who know the industry will know that it's to do with the tailor-made driver. I think people are aware of that. But your average punter might not be. And that's not a good look. Yeah. Is the um, Indian not the Arrows? Yeah, I think, and, and it's, it's well aware that the guy that won the tournament won it with that driver. <laughs> so they should be aware of that if they've got a keen interest in golf. But Rory's comments are pretty, pretty disparaging. I think he'll probably have to do a bit of behind-the-scenes look. I'm sorry I was frustrated. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's the thing we love about Rory, though. We always say this as honesty is so refreshing. And it is. Don't get me wrong. He it could do it in sometimes. But for his own benefit, I mean, he's not the only player that is struggling with their driver. Colin Morikawa understands his change and he's gone to a tailor-made sim. Some players just struggle, like you say, to dial in a new model. I guess Rory's frustration might be that he had been struggling with his driver a couple of years ago, but last year had one of his best driving years ever. And then he's changed it, I had to because the face just got a little bit hotter, his faces do, It was. he was concerned it was going to be non-conforming, and that happens, that's the life cycle of a driver, and he's not been able to reproduce it. You go from having struggled, to having to think you've cracked it, to then struggling again, I get it, that's frustrating. You don't need to tell the world about it.
1: No. And to be honest, the, the brands create so many driver heads for these players, it's not... There isn't one stealth 2 on the market there's mm-hmm. quite a few so I've quite I find it very strange that he can't find a driver out the head that works for him I'm sure that ha- this has to be a Rory situation it's yeah. not Taylor made situation no. and you remember it it's because it's the driver it's because it's the driver see if it was a putter or a, or a wedge or something no one's that really that interested because it's oh well it's not but because yeah, it's because it's the driver wedges, by the way. yeah I know but it's because it's the driver but you look <laughs> at like Henrik Stenson played a ten-year-old Callaway club club rather than rather than playing their latest. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, was it a, Diablo,
0: a hybrid or a
1: Diablo? Was a hybrid or a, a three? Was his three wood? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than putting these the new version in, that's just the one that he liked. Yeah. No one ever said, "Well, Callaway's three wood obviously doesn't work." No, <laughs> it doesn't. That's not what they said because that's not the situation. He just likes that three wood, but the driver's different. It's a bigger, bigger story, bigger yeah. head. It's got that whole gravitas. That's what brands want to sell. It's the big ticket item in the bag. Yeah, isn't so it? it's a, a bit of a tricky one. But listen, it'll all change when he puts that in the bag and and, and starts nailing it.
0: Yes, well, he's got, he's got one event to go before the Masters, the WGC Match Play, in a couple of weeks' time. I mean, God could play one round there and well, three rounds and then home potentially. So we'll see, but. As we lead into the Masters, a little bit worrying to see where Rory's game's at, considering where it was just a few short weeks Yeah, ago.
1: He, seemed, he seemed to, he just seemed to make very simple mistakes. If if Rory isn't picking up shots on par 5s, he's in trouble. Because that's where he gets his gain on the field, Yeah, you know. And I, I, I didn't think he putted very well, to be fair. It's not just his diving that wasn't particularly great, but he didn't putt very well. So a combination of not. Picking up shots and dropping shots in par fives, not getting birdies in par fives, not putting very well is a recipe for av- absolute mediocrity,
0: which you know all about, Michael. Ouch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Move on.
0: PGA Tour changes. <laughs> yeah, so
1: Do we have to go into these? This is uh, yeah, admin.
0: I know, this is, this admin. is exceptionally dull. I do apologise. Does the audience
1: want this? The let's, guess, let's, they like it Let's or just
0: plough through strap yourselves in folks here we go the pga tour changes jay monahan now listen listen here all you lot i sat through that press conference last week for so the good of to. the people it was the most thoroughly dull insipid pr machine <laughs> bullshit that i've ever listened to and it was delivered in a thoroughly monotone way just a bit of energy jay you know what i mean change things up do an impression Take the piss out of Poulter. Yeah. Well, the elevator changes. Gonna like just something, Jay. Yeah. It was dull. Get abandoned. <laughs> Get a, no, bring an extreme. They've got a single yeah, to promote. Yeah. Right, a, a good one. One million uh, views on YouTube. Thank here you. There we go. 999,000 of those from you. Yes. But, <laughs> yeah, okay, the changes. Let's just grit our teeth and go. The dust has settled, so that's a good thing. But basically, the PGA Tour has, even though they'll dispute it, they've created a two-tier tour. There is going to be elevated events, eight of them, with reduced fields, no cut, and tons of cash for the best players in the world. Sounds a bit familiar, but we'll get on to that. The other events, for example, your Sanderson Farms, your Zozo Championship, your John Deere Classic, all those big names will still be able to play, but obviously, where's the incentive? Less money, but they will be full field events and they will still have cuts. The PGA Tour is just trying to consolidate around its big names and make sure that they're playing together more often than not. Jay Monahan brought out all kinds of data. Something like 40% of the time in the PGA Tour, they have the big names playing together versus 95% in the majors. He wants to fix that. But there's a lot to unpack. Not everyone's happy. For one thing, the bottom half... If that's not too disparaging, the bottom half of the PGA Tour who won't be getting into those elevated events, or at least will have to play amazing golf to get into them, some of them are really unhappy. Then there's other people who are looking at this going, they've just copied Liv's homework because of the reduced fields, no cuts. Bottom line, Bryce, these changes that the PGA Tour have introduced, are they a good move or a bad move? What's your take? I'm going to sit in the fence. I don't really like it. That's why people it's tune not, in. It's exactly. <laughs>
1: but it's not that different to World Golf Championships.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Really? It's just there's more of them. It's more of them. Some of the some of the events on the PG tour are already no cut. Some of them are very limited field. So that's no different. So it's just they're doing a little bit more of what has already been done in the past. I get it. I refuse to slate it until I see it it's mm-hmm. the same thing as what uh, the, the the players championship if Rory, Ram, Spieth Thomas, Shoffley whatever had turned up at the players and they were all in the leaderboard and Scheffler was needing a bird date at the 18th to win that would have been mega exciting you would not have been talking about live. you would not have been talking about a lesser event and we would all have sailed off into the sunset thinking we've got through this it's cool, but it didn't So, I don't know what these events are going to be like. I don't know. We don't really know if any tour players will play in any of the tier two events. We don't know that. Why would you? Because apparently they all want to play less golf. But I don't think it's a very wise move. In a PR context, it's a bit disastrous because they've spent so long slating Liv to then introduce something that is quite like Liv. Is a bit strange
0: Now Jay Monaghan says They're not like them he, he bristled at the question Very noticeably well, As much as Jay Monaghan Ever does anything He bristled at the question But It kind of is like life.
1: Well There's no shotgun start And they're not 54 hole So they are They are effectively Like They're effectively Yet. like World golf championships Yeah Yeah So I, I do agree with that To an extent But it's It's not far off It's limited No cut Which is not which people have said, "Well, that's exhibition golf," mm-hmm. but I assume you will have to qualify in some form to get in these events. So that's not like live. In the grand scheme of things, lives is they're all invited in at the moment. Well, so there,
0: yeah, there's there's a closed shop for a year, but you can qualify yeah. over the course of the season. There is a promotion structure, there is a relegation structure, which, which some people would have you believe doesn't exist. That's, that's which just will happen totally not for for this season. At the end of this season, yeah. So end of this season. Out, so all, oh,
1: so the first two years of live is exhibition golf. That's what it is. End and of perhaps day, it had to be. It's exhibition golf. So, I get it. Lives the PG tour is not like that because you can qualify for these events, but we'll see where live is next year. Yep. That's the interesting thing. I'm, I'm happy to. I know I'm sounding, like I'm sitting in the fence, but I'm happy to see it play out. Mm-hmm. It genuinely does not bother me that much because I've not seen it yet, and we just don't know how it will play out. These events could be superb
0: Mm -hmm. yeah they could and to be honest they should be if you've got eight players championships and you're guaranteed that you'll see those players all four days that's quite cool Patrick Cantley made an interesting point last week he said if you're a kid and you've got a ticket for Sunday you now know you're going to see Rory McIlroy no matter what it's not a case of you've got a ticket for Sunday but oh I'm sorry he's missed the cut he's going home so that's good for the kids it's good for the audience it's good for all that sort of stuff it does take away the jeopardy, which I do think is an important part of golf. It means that Thursday and Friday are not as compelling as they used to be. The stories are now stacked towards Saturday, Sunday. It's all about the big scene, exactly. And, the, and, so and the, Thursday, Friday become harder sales. Uh,
1: the second tier event, the second tier events are they are the ones that I think will be quite interesting to see what the fields are like. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like is, is sort of we're missing the the tale of the underdog which I like, I think that's a good thing. Sometimes these lesser events, they're still have, they still populated by certain players, like every now and then, Brooks Koepka would have played in one, or Ram or Justin Rose would have played in one, but somebody would have come out of the pack that you maybe didn't know, I'm going to go on and change life. And that's a good story, I like watching that. And that is probably going to be a bit be a bit more reduced now.
0: But, so the PGA Tour's argument on that is that you'll still get those stories, they'll be in those Tier 2 events mostly, and the payoff for the success, is getting into the elevated into, events yeah. and potentially changing your life even yeah.
1: more. Yeah, so th- it's still technically, this; it's just been done a different way. I think with these, these changes happen, people mm-hmm. love to jump in and, and slate it. And uh, to be fair, what a lot of the people were doing was like some of the comments, were, like Brando Chamblee, you've got a lot of respect for Brando Chamblee, but he massively backtracked. He just did.
0: On his comments on Live, you mean?
1: Of course. Yep. Yeah. If. mass. And you've got to be able to say, I, I get it where it's coming from, but... That's, you were saying the complete
0: opposite last year. <laughs> he was. <laughs> you can see where some of those Tier 2 players are coming from. By the way, we were just calling it Tier 2, just for ease. It almost feels disrespectful saying that, but hopefully people... See, if you're a Tier 2 player on the PGA Tour, you're still doing well. Yeah. That's not, a, that's not a slight. But some of those guys were saying last week that they feel a bit like mules. that PGA Tour will use them for pro-ams and... They'll state their importance and blah, blah, blah. But then when it comes to elevated events, they're now getting a door slammed in their face. They're going,
1: hang on. I know they weren't. Some of them weren't consulted or mm-hmm. they didn't really get a voice in it. So and I, I completely understand that. I do find it slightly hard to to feel sorry for them. Some of these guys that are tier two players at the moment, I've got eight, 10 million in the bank and are playing on the PGA Tour. My heart does not bleed that. That much for
0: them I guess their point is That Max Homa Who was very vocal Last week And Very much Full thrust Behind the changes He was a tier 2 player Not that long ago Absolutely And now he's All behind the change Because let's face it It suits him It suits him you know, to profit but, Big time
1: But do you know How Max Homa Became A tier 1 player Graft Playing well Playing well And he won That's what you've got to do If you don't want to be On that tour Go somewhere else Play, play better
0: Play and live if you put not there, go and play there. Yeah. If money's your driver, there's one place you're going to get lots of that. Uh-huh. What does this all say about the strategic alliance with the DP World Tour, Bryce? Because again, for context, Jamie Weir at Sky Sports, good friend of the pod, he asked the question to Jay Monaghan last week and didn't get much of an answer. He got waffle and, uh, well, I'm not really going to go into that in too much detail just now, Jamie, but broadly, we've invested a lot of money and we're going to keep doing that and you know, we're having conversations with Keith Pelly. The detail was lacking. Detail Maybe for wasn't good reason, there. but the detail wasn't I think, there.
1: I think there's, there's a few reports out there. That a lot of this just comes down to media rights and ownership of certain aspects of the Tour or having more control over certain aspects of the Tour. I don't know. What I would say is if I was the PGA Tour, I would just, I would buy the European Tour. Just take it. You can. You've got an arm for something else. You can throw the arm out about worldwide growth The the DP World Tour operates in how many countries? It's a lot. They had 47 events or something in some like 31 countries or something. It's extensive. PGU Tour could expand that, but it's got to, at the moment, it's worrying about its home base. So I, I can understand why they wouldn't do that. But down the line, it would just appear to make sense to do that. However, DP World is not in a great place, let's be honest. Its its tournaments are absolutely a shadow of what they were 15 years ago. I'm not going to say 5, 10 years ago, but 15 years ago. if You look at the fields, Luke was playing in these events, and I'm not talking big events, just some random events. From where the tour's gone in the last 15 to 20 years, it's quite sad to see. And I wouldn't suggest that this strategic alliance is doing them any good at the moment. I think we can all safe to say that they probably should have done the deal with Liv or they should try and do a deal with PGA Tour because on their own, they're a bit of a head above water at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's
0: funny you say that about the PGA Tour buying it. I don't know how much it would cost or what the appetite is for that. But to me, if I'm Jay morahan I'd go, PGA Tour is my big trophy item. That is the tour. I've got PGA Tour China. I've got PGA Tour Latin America PGA Tour Europe PGA Tour Europe yes. How so many years have I been that. saying that You've said that way. for ages You've constantly said that And, and it's a good idea You have all those different tours Covering the entire planet That feed mm-hmm. into the PGA
1: Imagine Tour. what the PGA Tour could do with uh, Wentworth Imagine oh. you could do with the Scottish Open Elevate it That's yeah. what I would
0: do Elevate Absolutely it.
1: brilliant so, but then there's all sorts of wee things that just it, it's not as simple as that. No. We're just two muppets sitting <laughs> in a podcast, mouthing <laughs> off of it, but buying a billion pound tour. Just go and buy that. It doesn't work like that. But or further it down, it, it could have worked like that. Mm-hmm. And it nearly did work like that, as you know. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I, I think the PG tour at the moment is not prepared to shy away from big decisions And when you're running a big organisation Like the PGA Tour You have to make big decisions That's why you get paid the big dollars And you will fall in those decisions Or you will profit from
0: them And we'll soon find out whether Jay's going to do that Final point On the PGA Tour changes and I know I sound like I'm quite disparaging of him Actually I have a lot of respect for Jay Monaghan Because it's a tough job And as you say that's why he gets paid all of that money But has his position as commissioner been weakened in recent weeks interesting you
1: said that a couple of weeks ago and i saw people saying the opposite saying that this has actually made him stronger because he's now aligned with the big strong players on the tour so you would have to say yes is he the aligned players,
0: with them or the players pulling all calling all the shots and he's just got to run well with
1: if the players are calling all the shots and he's running with it he's still aligned with them because he's doing what they want And essentially, it's meant to be a players-run tour. The players have always said, we want more control. Who's the guy that said he was pissed off the way the tour was being run? That would be Mr. Mickelson. Yes. So he's doing what Mickelson wanted to do years ago. He said the players should have more control in it.
0: This is the thing. The players are now calling the shots. Back then, according to Mickelson in his tweets was last Fincham week. Was Fincham calling the shots? No, it was, was yeah, yeah. Monahan. He took that idea from a current sponsor, wouldn't say who on the PGA Tour, and presented the elevated events proposal just packaged somewhat differently. Yeah. Mickelson claims he had the deal Ready to go, yeah, but all n- set up. But Monaghan said But no. it now
1: appears that Monaghan is just saying to the players, right, whatever you want because he knows so there, the players. My point.
0: That's a guy whose position is then weakened, surely. Because now the players have the power.
1: Not he's he's not weak if he grants what the players want. And I, I get it. But he's got it is a tour, it's a player run tour. It's meant to be like that. So Actually, Monaghan shouldn't be the one sitting there going, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, which so is what he was. He was
0: wrong a few years ago, yes. and now he's getting it right. Uh-huh.
1: You have to listen to your players. Your players are the lifeblood of your tour. Yep. And that's why there's players' councils, and they make decisions. It's it's just the strange way it's happened. It's gone the opposite way. Mm-hmm. I, I still think if he grants, if if the players come to him and say, we want this, we want this, and he says, yes, okay, let's, I'll go and get the team and we'll go and do it. That's a position of power.
0: Mm-hmm. It's probably easier for him to flex a few years ago as well, when there wasn't an yeah, existential Yeah, there was no th- there was no threat.
1: You know, there was no threat. The players, I've, I've, as, which ties into what you said, I've essentially got one over on them. Yeah. They can now say we want to do this, and you, he's almost got to go. Well, yeah, but there will come a point where the PGU Tour has to stop changing, mm-hmm. stop uh, upgrading things and so on, because they were doing it all the time last last year. They were up all you know, this events now worth twenty five million, and we're now to six new events. That has to stop eventually, and you eventually just have to have a tour that works. So it's weakened them.
0: Excellent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you weren't listening, were
0: you? Uh, i a bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's enough PGA Tour chat, and I think we just about got through it. Well done, everybody. Well done, we made it. The BBC. Oh, there's another can for of worms. For Christ's sake. They reportedly, what a week for the BBC, yeah? What a week they've had reportedly rejected the opportunity to show free highlights of said PGA Tour on multiple occasions. I'll say it again. The PGA Tour were giving the BBC, reportedly, the chance to show highlights of their events
1: for free. And you wonder why the PGA Tour would do that?
0: Yes, that's, that's the other question. According to the Telegraph, a source told them, that golf doesn't fit the demographic the BBC is trying to reach. Add it as a source, and there's some people getting quite pissy on social media. Oh, well, you know, you're going to need to put names to it. Listen, James Corrigan reported this. I have absolutely no reason to doubt that his source is cast iron. The guy's not wrong. Besides anything else, and I can't reveal my sources, that's the way this game works wise up. I've been told by people within the corporation that that is the case. Just because I can't put a name to it yeah, yeah. doesn't mean it's not true. What does it mean doesn't fit the demographic? Presumably it's not got, like, people dancing and, you know, it's not a reality show and there's no <laughs> cooking. People dance. <laughs> there's no cooking. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: Mrs. Brown's boys fits true. the cooking demographic. Shows,
1: that's one thing. Cooking shows have changed. They're now mm. all competitions. I watched Rick Stein last week and he spent 20... It was a thing in Cornwall... Half the show's about him just poncing about Cornwall. I'm like, tell me how to make an apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see this guy's, how this guy makes cheese. True. I'm not interested. Just tell me how to cook. This isn't, uh, 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 who's the other travel, this is a travel program. It's not a cooking program. Neil Oliver. Oh, he's not the BBC anymore. On. He, the guy walks backwards. <laughs> I ju- it's just, it's crap. <laughs> it annoys me. And they would be better off putting highlights of the Zozo classic on well, if everyone could see, enjoy
0: it. There's the thing. So,
1: I this, don't know why people are surprised by this. No, that's
0: no surprise. I don't think it's what it, well, it is. It's frustrating. It's disappointing. And it's indicative of how the people in charge at the BBC have more power than, the, than Jay Monaghan has on the PGA Tour. Because I'm not being funny with that, but they are saying, What's that, golf? No. Ah. Uh-huh. So, but why it doesn't fit the demographic? Who's the demographic oh, no. you are going after? Who's the demographic that uh, that? Um, Five point six million people played golf in the UK last year—the huh? second highest participation rates since the, records began. The number of seven percent, Bryce. Seven percent of the country played golf last year, and the BBC's just sticking two fingers up. The them.
1: number of people who play golf in Britain absolutely squashes. The number of people who play tennis, yet in three and a half months, the BBC will go mental for tennis and then ignore it for the next eight months. They won't touch it, but they'll absolutely throw it in your face that you must watch this tennis tournament. And yet, the number of the number of people who play golf is eight times the amount of people that play tennis. Mm-hmm. It is—is is that right? Eight times? It's something like that. Yeah, Jesus, it's mental. So I don't, I do not understand why they are obsessed with tennis and why they ignore golf. Golf is l- just largely ignored mm-hmm. by the BBC, which, to be honest, is great for us because they don't really cover golf. You look at their website; they don't really cover golf at all. I think Ian Carter does a great job, and he's it's at the tournaments, and he's extremely good with a mic in his hand, I and mean, when he's on the radio, he's fantastic. He's great to listen to because he knows about golf when he's on the radio and he's doing his thing. But other than that, they don't really cover golf, which pleases me greatly because the bbc have the opportunity to destroy everyone Mm -hmm. i remember talking to graham spears at the senior open i wasn't playing at it i was reporting at the media day years ago at Carnoustie, and he said the bbc
0: graham wasn't playing in it he could now he could now but
1: he said you know the bbc have uh, have really got so much power that they can turn up in events with six or seven people and dwarf all the golf media Mm -hmm. because that's the power that they've got but they don't do it and i think this is for the golf industry this is great news for me because when they do cover it they're terrible at it they don't have a real understanding of what they're doing and if they employed no expertise no expertise and with the exception of Cotter, I do think Andrew Cotter knows what he's talking about with golf. But I've watched so much BBC coverage golf, and I just think it's 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 a perfect example of why Martin Slumbers at the RNA walked straight into the sky door and said, "Please, could you cover our golf tournament?" After I know the BBC turned them yeah, down to stay. Yeah, lovely, yeah, By the way, yeah, that's but the bit the, that they people will, forget. The they, will know, they will know. They will know. That Sky do a much better job of covering the BB uh, covering the golf than BBC could, but it's it is perplexing why they ignore it. And even things like sports bulletins in the morning, just not really
0: covered. Scotty Scheffler's win was the the final item on the sports bulletin. It was there, so good. But I mean, look, there's a lot of good people at the BBC, and we talk about sports bulletins. Both you and I have been brought on several occasions to be talking heads on on big talking points in, in golf they cover it when there's something happening and fair play to those people who are committed to doing that. I think they've been shafted by their bosses a little bit. But it does seem that TV, BBC TV dictates everything else. And to not take free rights to one of the single biggest sporting organisations on the planet knowing how big that sport is in the country, I I don't understand that. Because you're surely presumably paying for something else to go in that space. So... If you need to save money, take the thing that's free. Better than reruns of Flog It.
1: Well, what are they putting in its place? I I can't quite get my head around that. Listen, there'll
0: be devil in the detail here, I'm sure. You know, maybe there were clauses inserted by the PGA Tour that we want it on at a certain time, and it must be on BBC One in return for getting it free. Don't know. Yeah. But, mega disappointing. just... It, I'm not gonna get into the whole Crown Jewels thing again because it's very long and
1: so they want to change to the demographic. Get it hosted my, by Maya Jama. I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're right there.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm just <laughs> lost in <on> a <our> thought. <laughs> Maya Woo. Jama
1: interviewing Tony Fino. Yeah.
0: I know the point you're making, but yeah, on a serious note, whole Crown Jewels thing, I mean the only golf that has to be shown on free to air TV this year by free to air, that's not just the BBC, that's any terrestrial console channel, are highlights of the Open, the Ryder Cup, and the AIG Women's Open. That is it. That is all they're obligated to do. Doesn't feel like quite enough. Feels like the government should be stepping in. I know they're reviewing the whole Crown Jewels thing. They need to review it quickly and review it better. And I'm sure other sports will say the same, by the way. I know Rugby League's massively pissed off that it doesn't get the coverage that it thinks it's entitled to from the BBC and all that sort of stuff, but... Listen, golf is played across the country by millions of people. I think there's a case.
1: The BBC is funny. It's such a strange organisation, the way, we, like what's happened this, this week with Gary Lineker or last week. Such a strange organisation, the way they work. Like, they won't tell you how many members of staff they take to Glastonbury. They <laughs> this will, has
0: annoyed you for years,
1: They will not say how much they spend on Glastonbury. Even though they're meant to, they refuse to. Yeah, they're required by. They're required to do that, but they will not do it. They take literally hundreds of staff to Glastonbury and won't tell anyone how much it costs. But there must be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. I must don't understand. Be. Must be contracts. I, I have no idea. But Glastonbury's mince. Did you watch Janet Jackson last year?
0: I didn't know she was on. <laughs> was she on really? <laughs> yes. Oh, that might be the year before. It was terrible. Total enemy. Anyway. That is it for part one. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Realistically, we'll be back in a few hours, but by the magic of editing, it'll look like we've never been away. So prepare yourself to be dazzled. We'll be back right after this, kind of.
1: Everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new
0: paradigm in performance from Callaway. And just like that, we're back. Welcome back. Part two of this week's Bunkered podcast in association with Calloway. Michael and Bryce here coming to you from the future. <laughs> well, we'll get on to that. Is yes. it the future? Is it not? Well, I'll tell you where we're really coming from, though, is Bryce's man cave. We've had to make a slight adjustment. And I said at the top of the show, we're honest. So I'm just going to continue in that vein. We've moved. We've moved. We've moved out of the office and back to Shea Ritchie. So if the audio is slightly different, please just understand, you know, this is a big, big space. <laughs> Our acoustics are booming around the eaves, which also just so happens to be the name of the butler. So, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. But yes, we are back and there is some big stuff. We have to discuss the RNA and USG having made quite a significant announcement. We are just literally off the video call. So the current time, 2.51 p.m., and the web webinar, web conference, whatever you want to call it, has just finished. We're going to get into what that announcement is, what it means, what it might mean, what it won't mean, all of those bits and pieces in just a second. But first, Bunkered Live is coming to the Royal Highland Centre in Ingolston, near Edinburgh, right next to Edinburgh Airport, as it happens, next week. Just over a week to go, is it, Bryce? Yes, just yes. over a week and yeah well if you were at the NEC in Birmingham you know how good it was, expect more of the same in Edinburgh. We've got all kinds of stuff lined up, you can hit all of the new gear from all of the biggest brands in the game, there's competitions, there is loads of fun stuff and there's special guests. We've got Steve Johnson, Scotland's biggest golf YouTuber, another YouTube phenomenon James Robinson, he's going to be there, two-time world long drive champion Joe Miller will be there as well, Dr. Golf a.k.a. Zach Gould. Or is it Zach Gould, a.k.a. Dr. Golf? Not quite sure. <laughs> Either way, loads happening. So yeah. if you want to come along, please do. It was great to see so many podcast listeners, followers, fans.
1: Yeah, fans, it's good with me.
0: In Birmingham, thank you for coming along and saying hello. Bryce and I will be there again, so we'd love to see you there. BunkeredLive.com for our tickets. Go and get them. Okay, Bryce, so... Just as I said off that call, it finished, what, five minutes ago? And the RNA and USGA have announced a pretty significant change to the golf ball. This, I think, has been coming for some time. We'll get on to whether or not we're surprised or not in a second. But basically, they proposed a Model Local Rule, MLR, that gives competition organisers the option to require the use of golf balls that are tested under modified launch conditions to address the impacts of hitting distance in golf. What does that exactly mean? Basically, golf balls that conform to the MLR must not exceed the current overall distance standard limit of 317 yards plus 3 yards tolerance at modified actual launch conditions. With a club head speed of 127 miles an hour and based on a calibration set up for 11 degrees and 37 revolutions per second, not 36, not 38, 37 revolutions per second as part of this proposal. So to break it down and be nice and clear, this change is a model local rule that tournament organizers can choose to implement or choose to ignore. And critically, the RNA and USGA both say this will have no impact at recreational level. Bryce, your initial knee-jerk, hottest of hot takes to the news that's just been delivered.
1: It's bifurcation. It is bifurcation. They're changing the testing procedures and they're saying is that under these new testing procedures, every single, I, I'm assuming every single golf ball that's used on tour will be suddenly non-conforming. I would very much doubt that anyone's playing a golf ball that will pass these new testing procedures. I think they've gone from 120 miles per hour ball speed to, or club head speed to 127. So they're making the golf ball and it's current guys, redundant Are you surprised? Yes and no Because I spoke to somebody Who's extremely high I've said it before In a major golf brand And they said this would never happen That was a quote, this will never happen
0: and How long ago was that?
1: Five years ago So recent, Maybe four years ago In real
0: terms, it's so a recent discussion Yeah,
1: a recent discussion Because this has been talked about for a long, long time But they said this will never happen And I remember it started to get a bit of, I need to be careful what I'm saying here because it started to get a bit of movement behind the scenes with the authorities that actually wanted to get something done. I was sent a document from a brand that outlined all, and to be fair, I'm not bigging myself up, but I knew a lot of this anyway, and I've always had this opinion, but it illustrated the changes in golf for from the last sort of 50 60 years when golf became a serious sport i'm not saying anything before 1960 was yeah, the professional game and this i'm summarizing here but i've got uh, some of the notes that i remember from that sheet for the life of me i cannot find that sheet anymore and it pains me every single day brilliant but i know what what was in it and i remember and I, and I remember they didn't want me to see how that how i got it who i got it from but so forth. but it, it it basically outlined everything that was their counterpoint
0: so this is from an equipment manufacturer yes. OEM. yes
1: now i remember it, it said you know fairways are shorter and quicker now than they've ever been mm-hmm. there was actual in this document there was proof of grass height types of grasses uh, mowing techniques quality of equipment that cuts a fairway because that's improved that's improved so the grass is better the grass looks better do me a favor go and look at the 12th green at augusta 60 years ago 70 years ago it doesn't look like it it does now very very different so that ball stops now it moves so there's all sorts of um changes in in golf course construction and you can't ignore that. Greens are faster. We know that for a mm-hmm. fact. Greens are faster. Uh, the second cut is shorter. Okay. As everybody knows now, rough is almost non-existent Yeah, tour. Out with a handful of events. To be Out clear. with a handful of events. But if you were to take a PGA Tour Stars and ta- put them on the 10th tee at TPC Balfron and they put that ball on the right-hand side of the fairway, they're in tears. They're not finding (laughs) that ball. You put your ball in there, that ball is gone. Yeah, for
0: context, it's knee height. Well, ankle height for you. There's lots
1: of rough like that Mm at Balfron. That's a proper golf course. That's what a golf course is meant. That's what rough is meant to look Mm. like. That's what Scottish people away from the seaside know what a golf course (laughs) looks like. You do not get that in golf golf courses on tour. It just doesn't happen. Do you know why? Because it's not entertaining. We don't like it. So there's that. And... Honestly, the game, in my opinion, the game has changed. If you watch Nick Faldo, and you watch Nick Faldo in his prime, he doesn't play golf like people play golf now. They don't hit the ball like that. There were only a handful of golfers that hit the ball, almost like they do now. Greg Norman was one of them. I know there's some others. When you
0: say that, you're talking about... Hitting trying to hit the cover off the ball really
1: hard. The game was more graceful back then. And I know there's lots of people that say that's the way the golf should be. And I part of me does agree with that because it's a skill. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't overpower the game. And I do actually agree with that. There is a skill to somebody standing up gracefully hitting the ball and so on. But you can't deny that elite players now play the game differently than they did 20. 30, 40 years oh, old. Oh, absolutely. You absolutely a range, huge. you don't yeah. see
0: someone with the same tempo as a VJ or an Ernie or a Fred Couples. Yeah. They're trying to hit the ball as hard as they possibly can yeah. these days.
1: And players work out, they don't drink, they eat healthy, they're aware of their conditioning. All these things have all come together, but they've been outstripped by the technology. And the technology advancements that's happened in golf has basically it's a melting pot for what the RNA and USGA zone so is a worrying future. Because I, I remember I said this on the podcast last year, this is not about now. This all happened after Bryson said, I'm going to come back as a different golfer. That's what he said. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be bigger and stronger. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, it was a total change. So much so that Rory McIlroy said, I'm going to do the same thing. When that happened, the RNA and USGA came out and said, actually, we're going to look at some sort of distance insights. We're going to go ahead behind the scenes and get our heads around this. Then Augusta National said they need to get their heads out and they need they put the marker down to the RNA and the USGA saying, you better sort this. Event. Effectively, that's what Fred Ridley was saying. I mean, the that time
0: is a little muddled. The and yeah. stuff happened after Fred Ridley uh-huh. threw down the gauntlet.
1: But that, that that's all sitting there in the background. So the RNA knew all that. Then Bryson did his thing and then this all came out. But then Bryson went backwards. And he said, actually, I don't want to, I don't want to do that anymore. But I remember saying at the time, this isn't about Bryson and it's not about Rory. It's not about what DJ has done. It's not about that. It's about the guys that follow Rory and mm-hmm. DJ and Bryson and where are they going the to be? The influence. Yes. Where are they going to be in 15, 20 years when the modern tour player, which is right now is a modern tour player, Mm -hmm. what's that offspring of that modern tour player? That inspired modern tour player, what are they going to do? Believe me, these guys are not working on their short game as Mm -hmm. much as you think they are. They are annihilating golf balls on the range. They're hitting it hard. And the RNA and USGA are worried about that future. And they said that repeatedly. Yeah,
0: was it? Throughout the press conference, this the is not about today. today it's this about is tomorrow. not about
1: today. It's about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I thought Martin Slumbers in that press conference was slightly more succinct and more to the point than I thought Mike Wan was. And Martin Slumbers said, These increases are so easy to predict. And I thought, hmm.
0: Now they are, apparently. Yeah, yeah. that's an
1: interesting thing to say.
0: Yep. I mean, they've got data there. They've they've got pages and pages and pages of data, to be fair. But one of the things that jumps out is the fact that they say that the average hitting distance on tour has increased by an average of a yard per year for the last 20 years. So if that's 20 yards, then it's going to be 40 yards 20 years from now. 60 yards with another 20 years on top of it. So they're they're saying they're doing all this in the best interest of the long-term future of the game. My question is, what is that going to do in the immediate future yeah. of the game? What's going to happen next? Well, because bear in mind this rule, I should, I should add, it won't be implemented any earlier than January 2026. I'm, t- I'm, said I'm,
1: that. I'm calling it right now. I will be stunned if we get to January the 1st, 2026, and this comes in. Absolutely stunned. They did say. January 20, 2026, at the, at the earliest.
0: So there's a period of consultation that are about to go into now. Yeah, and comment and all that sort of so, stuff. So this is, is it fair to say this isn't really a rule yet.
1: It's a proposed. It's a proposal because this could fall flat in its face because mm-hmm. they uh, notice they haven't really gone to the manufacturers. I'm told the manufacturers only found out about this yesterday.
0: Yeah, yep. so. And the tours haven't been consulted at No, the tours
1: haven't been consulted. And I, I thought it was interesting that they basically said that they they thought about drivers. They they consulted with the industry, but clearly not with brands. <laughs> they consulted with the industry. Oh, maybe, oh no, I think, they did. They, I think, they, I think did. they did. Actually, I'm incorrect there. They did consult with they, brands, but the only, brands only found out about the results of their survey yesterday. And their intentions around the model local rule. Yeah. yeah. So... But I did think it was interesting that they did consult with brands and they took the suggestions that basically this has to fall on the ball. Yeah. Because if they make changes to the driver, they're going to have to make changes to three woods. Correct. They're going to have to make changes to five woods, which means it's a a custom fitter's nightmare.
0: (laughs) Martin Slumbers did say that. He said that they, they got three key pieces of feedback. One, do not affect recreational golfers, which is fair. I don't think they have done that. They've also received feedback saying there's too much change proposed and it's too complex. I think no matter what you do, they're going to say that. But you're right. The key jumping, standing out point there is that the model local rule on driver would impact multiple clubs with the unintended consequence that three woods would start to perform better than drivers. Yeah. And then if you do driver on three wood, then five woods. Yeah. And then if you do five and woods. And then it runs through the bag.
1: Yeah. You get your longer irons and your, your utility irons. It just becomes a gapping nightmare which is extremely expensive, which means brands are redoing their R&D and their their makeup of an entire set of clubs. So let's just fix the ball. And that is for certain brands, that's a real, well, let's just say this, let's talk it through. If If you've got two sides of this, it's either a good thing or a bad thing. Let's go with the bad thing because you're now not able to aspirationally sell, well, I don't think they are, aspirationally sell a tour product to a golfer and say, you can get the benefit of what Scotty Scheffler gets. Because you don't hit the ball like Scotty Scheffler. I mean, you could, and but you're why not, would you? you yeah, because you're going to then limit yourself. Yeah. So, that's a bit weird and I can't get my head around that. And I'm pretty sure there are brands out there that are furious about this.
0: Have you heard from any?
1: I got a... A notice from Callaway this morning, and the reply is very Because I don't
0: want to put you in an awkward position, very but the short. reason I ask you if you've heard anything is because, for the benefit of listeners, Bryce is a gear nut. He's a former gear editor of Bunkard. He's been immersed in this evolving story, really, yeah. for the best part of the last 20 years. Yeah. So you have, you have relationships with these people. You say Callaway's been in touch. What's, what's there to
1: Callaway Callaway um, said, we are studying the information and proposal provided. We have no further comment at this time. Okay, <laughs> so they, yeah. they they don't want to say anything, and I and I and I get it. I can understand why that's the case because there's a lot to take in, and it will affect them. Callaway are a serious player in the ball market now. Who've just Absolutely. built a brand new ball a brand new ball, new ball. premises. So they built a brand new ball premises at the cost of fifty million quid. So they they have invested huge amounts of money to get in front of people, but. This is the thing about technology. Now it's an open market because they're going back the way. That's what appears they're going to have to do. So there's all sorts of things that that will come out in materials and how you get the best of your materials and so on. But it does open up the field to exploit certain companies. And that will happen. Whether you agree with that or not, it will happen because it makes it easier for other brands to go out there and make their ball but I ha- you've got to do it within the tolerances. And I have to be honest, I'm not sure whether that will be a hugely difficult thing to do. That's the thing. So so
0: that's the bad side of it. What's the good side?
1: The good side is that this potentially opens up uh, a market that the brands can sell tour product to. But what do brands want to do? Brands want to sell product to golfers. There are golfers out there that will want to buy a tour ball, whether that will suit them or not. We do know that. How many people do you know that play blades? Shouldn't be (laughs) playing blades, but still buy them. You know, a lot of people that don't need to be playing a certain type of golf ball, but they still buy it. Mm -hmm. So I
0: I do question whether this is Is an opportunity. Sorry, is that a good thing for the brands though? Because then they're having to make two different types of consumer products. I get making one consumer product and another one for I don't think
1: for a minute that they'll not, They'll not publicly sell that product. Mass market. So they're going to have to mass produce two variations on, let the same ball. They could make it limited. You know, if you make a product limited, what happens? Everyone wants it. Exactly. People want it. So limited runs potentially of tour potentially balls. Potentially. Limited runs of tour balls that, that you can go out and buy, but you don't necessarily need it. And to be honest, 10, 15 yards difference average for a tour player. That's what is being suggested mm-hmm. that it's going to knock back the ball by 10, 15 yards. I don't think that is a hugely significant number,
0: mm-hmm. and that's at the very very top end. We're talking about the guys yeah. with the fastest club. Head and speed. I,
1: th- I I think that I think they've done that so that it's not a huge change. Mm-hmm. Because if they were knocking, and some people on Twitter this morning saying should have knocked it back by fifty yards, that's an overwhelming change for the game overwhelming
0: <laughs> i think people are throwing out numbers they're not yeah. knowing what that number actually ah, looks like
1: 10 15 is quite maybe a normal number but if you're a punter I, i'm not sure a punter will recognize 10 15 yards mm-hmm. on a regular round of golf like I, I can hit big drives but then i can hit some that are 20 25 yards off what i usually hit 30 yards because you don't hit
0: it at the center every time no no
1: yeah. no i all not good enough mm-hmm. so it's not It doesn't make an overwhelming, monumental change to my game to lose that distance. So there may come a point where that golf ball, you know what? I'm going to play the ball that Jordan Spieth uses because I want to play the best ball. That's it. That's what it'll come down to. However, the one thing I don't like, I'll let you speak in a minute.
0: (laughs) This is good. Keep The one
1: thing I don't like. I love the the fact
0: that you're passionate about it because if you're listening to this, you can probably tell Bryce is a bit more animated than he normally is. You really do care passionately about bifurcation, and I know you've been vehemently opposed. Yeah, I
1: don't like it because it's not, it, it's a new part of golf that we've never had before. The beauty of golf is that you can go and copy what a tour player does. That's the thing. I said it last year. You can go to the Victoria course at Don Pedro Golf, stand on that tee, play off the back tees. I've done it. Play off the back tees and you can stand up there with your Callaway Paradigm driver or your Stealth 2 driver, your Pro V1, or your Chrome Soft, go around that golf course for your Vokey wedges, everything, your fancy bag and all that stuff. And then you can walk off the 18th, 18th green and go, how the hell did Oliver <laughs> Fisher shoot 59? Absolutely. How did he do that? Because I've just played my skin out and shot 85. How is that possible? That is why golf is so good. Because if you were to watch Oliver Fisher doing that, you know that he is using the same gear as you, playing the same golf course as you, maybe set up a little bit more difficult. Be sure he's going around that golf course in 59 blows. Mm -hmm. And that's why golf, that's why when you go to a golf tournament, it's so much fun
0: watching these guys because you can't do what they do. Okay, so if they did release, let's say a limited run of tour balls, and you could still buy them are you still opposed to it
1: it's a good question because the ball doesn't offend me as much when it comes to bifurcation but changing the clubs would what that way? would offend me i don't know it just it just would if they made the driver a softer face or less forgiving and, and i did think that's in the long run a while ago i did think that's what they might do they might make the driver less hot and less forgiving I'm all good for the I actually don't mind the speed, so less hot's not a problem, but make it less forgiving. But they haven't
0: done that because that could be monumentally expensive. The tour side of it, clearly very interesting in terms of who will and who won't adopt this rule. So for me, it was quite revealing that they said they've not spoken to the tours really about this beyond the consultation part of it. I don't think the tours knew about this rule until just now. Yes, the RNA and the USGA will introduce it. They've admitted that, that they'll introduce it at their own events. So the US Open, the Open, so on. Probably not the Women's Open or the Women, the US Women's Open. They've said they don't think there's a, a problem in the women's game. But certainly the Open and the US Open, it's going to have that new local rule in place from 2026 if it gets added to the, the rules of golf. What about Augusta? What about Augusta? They've just lengthened their 13th hole which they said they did not want to do. Fred Ridley has said for years that he was against doing anything. He wanted to see what they were going to do. Nothing appeared to happen. They lengthened the hole. It's going to go into use for the first time next month. Bang. You could introduce us instead. But Fred Ridley
1: will be laughing his head off right now because they've lengthened their hole by, what is it, 40 yards? 39 yards, is it? I can't actually remember. Give or take. Uh, It's in that ballpark. And potentially
0: 35, I think
1: 35. Is. And potentially the, the RNA and USG have just knocked at max, we think, 15 yards off a drive. Fred Ridley <laughs> yes. has just gained 55 yards on his hole, basically. Potentially mm-hmm. 50 yards, 50 at the ballpark of 50, 55 yards on that hole. That's what he wanted
0: if he wants to introduce the rule
1: yeah if he wants to introduce that because he wanted that hole to be hard now if you stand up to a driver and you knock 50 yards off a driver that you're taking off a draw which doesn't go as far as a fade and everything it's suddenly you're gaining a bit of momentum that going your way that's what he wanted so i actually don't think he'll be that
0: bothered in the instance of 13 11's almost unplayable now as a four. yeah well yeah yeah absolutely you just knocked fifteen yards off that because that's the whole last year. That's the whole.
1: You want the ball to come in high because yeah. you don't want
0: the, the run on, and it's fifteen, it, arguably as well. But they ha- a solid par five now.
1: What I find it slightly disconcerting is it, it, Mike Wan said, "I I don't have any answer to the challenges." I think, wait a minute, you've been doing this for a year, <laughs> a yeah. year, and you don't have an answer to any of the challenges Please tell yet. Me you do please tell me that's just bullshit and you actually have yeah. spoken to the pg tour and augusta national because i don't believe for a minute they hasn't what i do find strange is that they didn't have comment from augusta national augusta national one of the organizers of golf yeah. they are at the top table they are involved do find that quite strange that they haven't done that i will say this as though when wedges were knocked back when they did the grooves situation with wedgies years ago there was no social media and to be honest see back then it didn't appear so anyone really cared and manufacturers weren't that bothered and i do wonder whether the whole social media scene being noisy online creates a bigger problem and actually exists and i just wonder whether augusta like you know what yeah fine we'll, we'll run that ball and pg2 in the, in the long run go well we, we can't really run our tour having players play a different ball and then have them go into this because
0: their whole setup of their bag would change so they'll probably implement it you would assume you'd think so i'm also quite amused seeing a lot of people on social media right this very second speculating over the courses that could now potentially that's host your events that's drivel isn't it because yes there are an awful lot of great short golf courses preswick is a fine example preswick is a short golf course that's got a great history in the game blah 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 Just because of this change, it's not going to host the Open tomorrow. Do you know why? Because the rest of this infrastructure is not there. Uh Uh, Small golf courses tend not to have massive infrastructures.
1: And almost every single golf course on the Open Rota and major golf venues have all been dramatically changed in the last 20 years. That's because of what happened in 1997. So we all know that. So going backwards to these... It's not backwards. That's not... I don't mean like that. But going to these courses that that used to hold prestigious events and so on, you, you can't just walk onto these courses because all we're knocking back is 10, 15 yards. It's really not that different. No, Prestwick is not, doesn't get the open because it's too short. Yeah. It's because there's nowhere to go. It's it's a tiny golf course in terms small of it. Small yeah. bit of land.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I mean, and plus there's the cost of staging these events. The many great short courses in the world and in the UK, even in Scotland, They still would have to pay the same hosting fees. Yeah. They still have to put up all the other costs, which they don't have the money to do. And Mm -hmm. probably they don't have the inclination to do. Can you imagine the members at TPC Balfron, for example, if you said, by the way, we're hosting a tour event tomorrow. Tell you what,
1: there's loads of space. They just need to get rid of all the farms.
0: (laughs) One of the the things. Relocate (laughs) some sheep and we're in. Well, that's a whole other matter. One of the things that's come up quite a lot since this news started to break last night, a a bit of a belief that this is going to see a return to shot-making in the professional game. Less of an emphasis on big hitting. To join the last part of the conversation, the tours, bear in mind, anecdotally, one of the things that the PGA Tours social media channels have promoted very heavily over the last number of years is. is big hitting. Power this, rocket launch emojis, that. But there's a suspicion that certainly shot making is going to come back into the game. We've asked this question on the Bunkered Twitter channel, at Bunkered Online. What do you find more entertaining to watch? This is a live poll, so it's changing all the time. Big hitting or shot making? Big hitting, 5.9% of the vote versus 94.1% shot making. Are people liars? (laughs) No, I I, I genuinely
1: think people are impressed by big hitting, but It's shot making that wins tournaments. It's shot making that gets you out of trouble. You know, Scotty Scheffler won the Masters last year because he chipped in Mm -hmm. and changed the momentum of his entire day. And the players at the weekend. Changed everything, yeah. Changed everything. So, uh, yeah, but that's the PG tour like that because it's grandstanding on on the big scene and and it makes them all happy. But yeah, interesting to see what they'll do with it. Do you think they'll introduce the rule? Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, I, I, I can't see how they couldn't. How stupid it would would it be for golf to have the PGA Tour, PGA Tour, not bringing this rule in, mm-hmm. and then one week later players off to play in the Open in the US, you know, US Open with a new ball. <laughs> when you put it like that, unless, unless when they're doing testing that they're able to just mix between the two, but it does require <laughs> distance gathering and uh-huh. your, your yardages, and these guys are. Finite with the yardages. So that, I, I, I don't see it being that
0: simple. They would h- surely, surely have to implement it. So to wrap up before we move on, we could spend hours talking about this and maybe we should another time. The big winners today?
1: Is anyone a winner, Michael? Okay. Genuinely. The, the losers? I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I think the brands, I think this is a a bit of a kick in the teeth to brands whether they see it as an opportunity or whether they'll see it as a, a kick in the teeth to the the massive strides that they've taken in the last 10 or so years. but They could see
0: it as being punished for being good at their jobs. Potentially, yeah.
1: At, within the limits of what they've done. And then they've basically said, yeah, but these are now the limits. Mm-hmm. And that's the tough one. But they did it with wedgies. No one really bothered because wedgies are wedgies. And, you know, it's... It's not yeah, sexy. It's not sexy. And to be honest... A golf ball, is a golf ball sexy? Not necessarily, but the results of it are.
0: How it flies through the air and how far it goes is. That's what's
1: sexy. And your golf ball is massively important to how you move about that golf course. So for the brands to have to alter that for their elite players, which help them sell product, is quite interesting. The big winners, big winners are the major driver companies.
0: Absolutely, because they're not having to change a thing. That's a very good point. It's interesting that they do note that, you know, there's not gonna be any impact at recreational level yeah, in, in in terms of having to choose to play a ball, but to your original point about this being bifurcation, that is a consequence at recreational level because if they don't introduce and put on sale these tour balls, that has a that is a consequence. You will no longer be able to do that thing that you can currently do. Yeah. So it's not gonna change how far you hit the ball, but that is an unintended yeah. consequence. And what actually. what are
1: they gonna call a new ball? ChromeSofty? E? Pro V1E or T for tour? Yeah.
0: Left, left, left dash? I don't know. I don't have all the answers. And evidently... <laughs> you
1: don't work in marketing. <laughs> and
0: evidently the RNA and USGA don't do. But this is most definitely uh, an interesting day. <laughs> Maybe underselling it. It's. I don't want to oversell it by saying it's seismic. It's not. It's definitely... Uh,
1: it is seismic because... Do you think it, it is? Yeah, it definitely is because we're looking at a... A small, a small introduction of bifurcation. And I noticed that there was uh, people talking about, but where are we going to be in 40 years? What will happen? And this is basically stopping that worry about what could happen in 30 years. I, I'm not necessarily against it. I just don't, I'm not a huge fan of the consequences of bifurcation, but I'm prepared to sit back and let it, let it come to fruition. But it'll be interesting to see what the conversations are had over the next few months. It certainly
0: will. It certainly will. Right, Bryce, we need to move on because this episode is running away from us. We've packed in quite a lot so far, but we have to get to the most important part of the show, Podder of Merit.
1: We're still doing that. Still doing that, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, okay. so it's been a couple of weeks, granted, but last time around, it was the Honda Classic we were picking players for. I went for Sung J M because obviously it was my honour. J tied 42nd surely i beat that well you say that do you remember who you picked nope bryce for the honda classic you went with matt kutcher oh yeah i do remember that <laughs> Cheers, um, Matt. B- before i tell you how he got on having any regrets over that yes many 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 justifiably so matt kutcher had the weekend off from yes. the honda classic missed co- remind what was going through your head mm. when you picked him Nothing, clearly just just air. Yes, evidently. What did he shoot again? He shot a seventy-five on the opening day and then a sixty-nine. Missed the cut four over. Yeah, first round was first
1: round was killer. If he hadn't had that first round, he'd have won.
0: Yeah, he missed the cut by three in the end. Fantastic. So cheers, Matt. My tied forty-second beats your cut. Ouchie, which means that as it stands. Bryce won. Michael, five. (laughs) Five points to the good. This week, there's a few events taking place. We've got the SDC Championship in South Africa on the DP World Tour. We also have the second live event of the season taking place in Tucson, Arizona. Is that right? Tucson, yes. Indeed. But we are going to the Valspar Championship at Innisbrook, Famous for the Blank expression, snake pit, Bryce. Right. The snake pit. You don't I, like snakes, do you? I absolutely despise them. Okay. It hasn't stopped you from tagging me in videos of snakes I know, on I do. Instagram and I do talking
1: particu- so I do particularly enjoy that. I
0: mean, <laughs> I don't think you're aware <laughs> that it's a full-blown phobia. I genuinely not am terrified. Really. It's just a weakness. Oh, right. Okay. I'll tell that to the therapist, see what they say. Okay. It's called aphidiophobia, by the way. Yes, move on with the okay. bloody Potter of Men. So, in Snake Pit Valspar Championship. You love your sponsors. Do you know what Valspar do? That's
1: a good question. We haven't done this for a while. Valspar. Uh, it sounds medical induced. What? Yeah, oh, oh, my back sort of needs some Valspar. <laughs> that, excuse me. Do you have any more Valspar? Get oh. Valspar
0: extra. <laughs> i take it it's not you could not be more wrong is it insurance no but it's something that you've probably used in this room what <laughs> Just, could be,
1: well, could be anything. anything. Yes. yes yes as a man room <laughs> uh,
0: you can't I've buy used it in this room
1: com. is it uh guitar strings nope uh cleaning products <laughs>
0: no is it pharmaceutical based no Right, I have no idea what you're talking about. You've used it all around this room. Paint. Correct. Is it? Valspar paint. Shut up. G- genuinely. Genuinely. It's basically like... That's like Dulux equivalent. I was going to say Turex. <laughs> different thing. That's a different thing. Different kind of coating. Yeah. So that it, it's that's a paint. Paint company. Yeah. Wow. So Valspar and Dulux are a bit like the Rangers and Celtic of the paint world. Really? I'm guessing but I don't know maybe That's they got on just, just great but I doubt it okay so Valspar Championship back to the Podder of Merit it is my honour you said before we started this that you know who I'm picking yes you're very confident about I that I do
1: know who you're picking who am I picking well I don't want you wee bastard to change your mind <laughs> so have you got it on your screen it's not Sam Burns I know it's not Sam Burns
0: <laughs> oh and I've just changed my mind because I've remembered the rule that if you use them and they don't win you can't pick them again and I think I'm going to need this guy later in the year. So I am going instead with 25 to one shot, former major champion, former Ryder Cup player, Keegan Bradley. Uh, I did think about that. I'm but liking his form lately. Yeah, he's
1: decent. Decent.
0: He slimmed down as well. I mean, he was never big to begin with, but he's a, a lean looking man these days. So yeah. I like what I see from Keegan. Yeah, he's my man. He's going to have to beat. For a guy who I think
1: is maybe kind of on to coming onto a bit of a game and I'm deciding to go oh, I know. for best of British. Tommy Fleetwood. Yes. Also 25
0: to 1. Yeah.
1: Liked him at the weekend. I thought I still think there's a wee bit a wee bit to go, but I'm liking what I saw at the weekend. And do you know what else? I thought what else? I thought Ricky Fowler was pretty good at the weekend. Uh huh. See? Told you? Another, another thing. How young does Ricky look? I he know. looks
0: amazing. He's what thirty three, thirty four these days. Yeah, looks great. Now, Tommy, he still looks he still looks twenty three. True. Tommy Fleetwood has never won in America. Yeah. This is the week that changes. Potentially. Or just enough to beat Keegan he, Bradley. As long as he
1: beats Keegan Bradley, I don't care if he plays naked. You really need the point, big yeah. man.
0: It's it's five one going on six potentially seven yeah.
1: one. I need the point. And to be honest, I need a win. This could be it. This really? could kickstart my podder year.
0: <laughs> something has to. Something Listen, has to. Yeah, something has to kickstart it. Look, I'd love to do an honesty box, but we just really, we don't have time this week. We are way over as it is.
1: How long is this podcast?
0: Hour and a half already. God damn it. I know, I know. But it's been a good one. And it's been overdue. I think it's. What been the hell are we going to
1: talk about next week? I know. Live. Live
0: and I've got a special guest lined up as well, potentially. Excellent.
1: Mm-hmm. You've kept that quiet so I didn't uh, blow your cover
0: again. Correct. Don't worry, it's not Clive you again. All oh, right, okay. I don't actually think you'll be able to guess who it is, so let's not. So, but Maradona? Yes. Is it who? Maradona? No, he's dead. Is he? Is Maradona dead? <laughs> yes, Bryce. Is he really? No, he's not. Diego Maradona is dead. When did he die? A few years ago. No way. Honestly. How have
1: you missed Diego Maradona dying? I do not remember that. He's not dead. Oh, no, he did. Oh, he died in my wedding anniversary. No, that's not. My wedding anniversary is 26. You're having an absolute nightmare, you yes, big to be man. Honest, honestly.
0: <laughs>
1: this is going to have to be edited out.
0: <laughs> <mutually>. <laughs> we'll see. So I'm going to leave you with the sad news that Diego Maradona has passed away. Uh, I'll tell you what, that, that happened
1: during COVID. So I don't know what I was thinking, but that has... That stumped me. I did not know that he was dead. (laughs) Honestly. Are you serious? I'm serious. I I was not aware that he was dead. I I was completely forgotten
0: in the back of my mind. Well, listen, me and you need to go now so I can have a conversation with you about the Queen. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I know about that. (laughs) (laughs) on that note Bryce thank you very much for your time and your hospitality here at Chateau Ritchie thank you to you for listening and for putting up with us not being around for a couple of weeks to Callaway for their continued support and we will be back next week I promise I absolutely promise until then thanks very much for listening bye bye for now
1: Jeeves the door